Hello, and welcome to the You Go Girl podcast. My name is Erin Chapman, and I'll be your host as each week we interview a Canadian woman who has excelled in sport so she can share her story and inspire more girls and women to get up and get active. You Go Girl! Today we have another new exciting episode of the You Go Girl podcast. Maeve is with us and she's going to be talking all about martial arts. Welcome Maeve to the podcast. Thank you. It's so good to be here. It feels so good. It's awesome. I'm so excited. Yeah, especially with COVID, it's nice to talk to someone else and yeah. more human interaction. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Can you start by telling me a little bit about yourself? I am 15. I go to an art high school really close to my house. I have been doing karate for, well, martial arts for almost nine years. I, yeah, that's pretty much it. I'm pretty open book. Awesome. Can you tell me a little bit about your sport in general? What are martial arts? Yes. So basically, there's a whole bunch of different categories of martial arts and the one that I specifically compete in is called sparring. And basically that is a form of like fighting, but in a more controlled way. And it's based off of a point system. So basically two people will be put in a ring for two minutes and um, there'll be a ref in the middle that calls like stop and go. And there's different points for different like techniques that you can throw. And yeah, a lot of misconceptions are that um, it's like a super sloppy, super like beat up kind of sport, but it's actually an extremely controlled sport that I've never gotten seriously hurt by. Hmm, that's good. Thanks for kind of debunking that myth yeah. right off the bat. How did you get your start in martial arts? So I actually did not start by um, competing I, I did it just for fun as just a childhood sport like um, many people do for I want to say four or five years and then I actually got into it from someone doing something called a buddy day so basically it's when you bring your friend in to try it out and I was I think six years old and I tried it out and I really liked it so I signed up and then I eventually got to my black belt and um, that's when I started like competing and yeah oh man I have so many questions um let's start with the buddy day why is it important that people introduce their friends to other sports like clearly it worked for you but why don't yeah. friends bring their friends to the sports that they love well I think honestly if someone's passionate about a sport and their their friend is asking about it, like why not I feel like so many more people could be influenced if more people told them about their sports and like as much as I hate to admit it some people think that martial arts are like a dumb sport but I think it's important to be proud of the sport that you do and to introduce people to it because then it can spread and it can become more popular and it's good because you can share uh, something in common with someone and it's just it's a good feeling to know that you've like influenced someone in a good like positive way. Mm -hmm. Couldn't have said it better myself Thanks. and then you have your black belt how how did that come to be? What kind of trainings involved to get to that level? I'll just explain the belt system first. There's a whole bunch of belts. Like, I think there was nine belts before my black belt. I've just got them, like, set up over here, but um, under a table because I've got just my stack of old belts. But uh, there's belts, and for each belt, you get three stripes and a red stripe. This three stripes 
represent one part of a curriculum thing. So let's say you learn a part of your curriculum, you get one stripe. Yet two other ones that are black and then one red stripe to say you're ready for your next belt. And that just keeps going until you get to your brown black belt, which is the belt for us before our black belt. And for that one, you have a series of, I think it's training for five or six months. And it's every Saturday and it's like two hour to two and a half hour training. And it's like intense and it's just a repetitive thing every Saturday until you have a big grading, which is like where you get your, your, your belt and you get like a certificate and your black belt and like a congratulations form and stuff like that. So it's a pretty hard training. But now that there's COVID, it's been like totally different system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How has COVID adapted the system? So, um, Basically, some people were doing it online, some people were doing it um, in person with masks on and stuff like that, but what happened was they had to take a big break from it because they weren't sure what to do, and they weren't sure if it would be totally uh, like adaptive online because some people don't have the space in their house to like train and to use the space and stuff, because before COVID, the dojo, like the place where we train, would be packed with people, and like now we can't have that, obviously. So they were trying to move it online, but then some people couldn't do it online because their houses didn't have enough space or other explanations. So they did figure out a way to separate the people into groups of eight to 10, because we've got a, a big room and then they would social distance them in these like little tape squares that we've made. And then they're like two meters away from each and we'd have their masks on and then it'd just be the same thing but it'd be a lot longer and the trainings would be a little bit shorter that's like kind of what we figured out and same thing for like classes because i also teach martial arts we have like littler classes of kids and like they're all separated and social distance with like the x's and the boxes and it's just it's a good system we've got going it's good and what's it like teaching martial arts to give back to the younger generation with something you're so passionate about yeah, it, it actually feels incredible because I have all these tips and tricks that I've learned when I was a kid and like in the in the past years and I just feel so awesome knowing that I can like pass that along and and help people because martial arts, people think it's just doing stuff, but it's also working on like children's discipline. We have a whole system about how we help the kids become like more polite and stuff because we teach them how to raise their hand when they talk, stuff like that, not talk back not cross their arms too that's a huge one um not crossing your arms and not putting your hands on your hips because that gives off like a different vibe to people that we don't want to give to other people and it just feels really good to be able to like help just help in any way to better the future generations just teach them stuff that i'm really confident and passionate about yeah what other life skills can kids learn through martial arts yeah so um as i said discipline because we're we're teaching them like to raise their hand before they talk and to try hard and things and to again not cross their hands and put their hands on their hips and also leadership because as I've learned because I teach there's different teaching systems so there's the red leaders which are like the the younger ones like when they get their red uniform which means they're going to be grading for their black belt in the future 
and they start helping out with classes and helping like demonstrate stuff in front of the the littler kids like the little tykes which are the the ones that are four to like six years old they learn leadership because they're showing these kids and they're helping out like i'll take a group of three kids now they've got like smaller class sizes i'll take a group of three kids and i'll have a red leader come with me so a red leader is like just someone that'll demonstrate the stuff and and all that and follow along with the warm-up of the class and then there's also black leaders, which are the black belts that have their, their dark geese and sorry, geese are the uniforms. Um, I should probably mention that. And they're the ones that can take their own groups and they're the ones that also demonstrate stuff. And then there's gold leaders, which are like they can run a warm up for a class. And sorry, these are totally different like levels of just like leadership. And then we get to the assistant instructors, which can take a full class by themselves and like run it through the warm up and, and split up the class and everything like that. Split up the class for the different curriculum stuff. And then you have the instructors, which are like the top ones, which control like the assistant instructors and who's running classes and all of that. I'm, a, I'm an assistant instructor, just to mention it. It's good that there's so many opportunities for different leadership yeah. at all levels so that kids can start to get their yeah. toe in that water to start being leaders. Yeah, absolutely. And like, we don't want to force them into anything. We don't want to be like, hey, you have to run a whole class today. So we start like, hey, we're going to say what to do and you can follow along and show the kids if they mess anything up, you can like show them what they got to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's an awesome way of doing it. And you yourself yeah. train six times a week in different categories. Can you, or pre-COVID, I guess, can you explain yeah. the different categories? Yes, absolutely. So I, there's multiple categories, but I specifically train in two to three because the third one I have not been training recently, but I did before COVID. So I train five days a week now um, and I teach like three or four days. Basically, I train primarily in something called sparring, which is, again, the, the point fighting with the points and stuff and calling the points and stuff. And I also train something called kata, which is a series of moves that you learn in martial arts placed in a specific order. And they're graded based on how strong you are and how realistic the moves are. Like if you throw a sloppy punch or something like that, sorry, sloppy, like a not great punch and stuff like that, then someone could lower your mark because they say that's not realistic, that's not actually how it would go, therefore not as realistic, not as highly judged. They can range from like a minute and a half to like two minutes, three minutes, stuff like that. And there's like a whole bunch of different speed changes and movements and stuff like that and different breathing and stuff. So it's really cool just to demonstrate it and it takes a lot of like cardio and a lot of like strength that even I have a hard time with because you put so much into it and so by the end of it and you having to walk out uh, of the ring which is where you compete not like huffing and puffing is, is super difficult and um, yeah the, the people who train kata every day I admire them because it's crazy it's super huge uh, training schedule and um, I think the last the last thing that I train in that I haven't been training in recently but I hope to be able to train in more in the future is called bow and there's um, it's basically a long wooden stick 
that you can spin around and like it's used as a self-defense tool but you wouldn't like go around in real life bringing it with you but basically you just um spin it around and it's judged the same way as kata but um just on different like levels like if you drop it you're disqualified which is unfortunate but it is what it is and like same thing if it breaks you're disqualified but it's just you do your moves as hard as you can and then you get graded yeah so it's the same thing for those two i'm just trying to visualize like what you're talking about as you're saying it is it like you know in mulan when they're yeah. doing the dark side of the moon and they have the sticks and they're all like yeah that it yeah it's it's really close to that but a little bit more like spinning and turning and switching sides and stuff i could even like send you a video yeah. of me doing it but there's um there's two different kinds of bow there's traditional which is with the the like wooden ones and which i don't do and then there's creative which is basically you put a scenario into your mind like a crazy scenario like a full-on movie scene ninja scenario and you basically play it out with a colorful one mine's like blue and silver and all these colors and you just you play it out and it's like totally cool and you, there's like throws and i can't do them personally but people do like flips and stuff and it's really cool yeah if you send me a video we'll put that on at the you go girl project canada on instagram so that people can take a look awesome. yeah that'd be super cool so what do you love most about your sport? What draws you to go in five days a week? The thing that I just love about it so much is the people. Because when I go in and I see everyone there and I'm like, oh my goodness. Because it's just like a family. It's like my second family. And I just, I go in and it's like just a warm hug of people, you know? It's, it's awesome. It's, it just makes you feel like so good about the choices that you've made. Like I just feel like, I can like talk to them about stuff and it's like my second family. So yeah, the point sparring and the people. Mm. And is there anyone in your community that you look up to in your sport? Absolutely. There's, um, this is like one of my favorite parts about the sport is that there isn't, I don't think there's enough female recognition in the sport, but there is some incredible women in the sport. Like they're so talented and I train with some of them too. Like we train together and I've like met some of these women and they're just absolutely incredible. Like there's just a bunch of role model women that I just inspire to be like, because they're just incredible. Like um, at my dojo itself, we have uh, a sensei from Nepal who came into our dojo and offered to help us, which I think is insane. And we're so lucky to have her. And it's just, there's, so she'd be like my primary person that I'd want to be like. Um, and then there'd be another lady who lives in the US. Her name's Morgan Plowden. And um, she's uh, an incredible point fighter. Like, I don't think I've ever seen anyone as talented as her. And that's like what I want to be like in the future. Yeah. Why do you think it's important that young girls have other females to look up to in their sport when it comes to representation? Because um, I feel like when when little girls just, I think seeing another woman thrive just gives you so much inspiration and, and like makes you think, hey, wait a minute, I can do that too. And just gives you a drive. And I just, not that men can't do that. Like I could see a man and be like, I 
want to be like him when I'm older. Like I want to be that talented and stuff, but just we develop in different ways. And I just feel like having a woman role model who is also an athlete, who's also this, who's also that to look up to and to be like in the future, just personally gives me so much inspiration. And now that you're teaching classes, you're the role model to younger kids. What would you say to a young girl to get her started in martial arts? Um, if people turn you down, if people say you shouldn't do this, they're not the right people for you. They're not the right people in your life. If like you do what you want to do, if you, if you want to be an incredible woman in martial arts, then you like go for it. You, no one should be tearing you down because of it. And, um, just go for it. Honestly, it's, it's an incredible opportunity and you'll get recognition because there's more male athletes in the sport than female athletes so the female athletes um are more known because there's less of them and honestly it's it's absolutely worth it like you go girl that's what i have to say yes yes and you're already one of those people in your community at 15 years old you have so many great accomplishments in martial arts can you share some of them with us so Actually, just behind me, that's like my my metal sort of piled, a little piled up there, but I don't even know if you can see it. I might be blurry, but um, so I have a couple that I'm like really proud of. So in 2018, um, we went to Ireland. It was my first ever world championships and I placed third, which I thought was pretty incredible for my first time. Um, and then the second one I'd say um, would be in 2019. So actually just last November, I placed first at my world championship. So I'm, I was officially a world champion and I got invited onto an international team, which was incredible. And I'm still part of that team. And it's, it was just such a, just an event I'll, I'll never forget. And I, I, I just remember feeling like incredible just standing on top of that podium knowing that that entire year I'd worked so hard and it had finally paid off it was just incredible and then I think the last thing would be just this the February that passed a little bit ago you know before quarantine which was my second last tournament was actually in Acapulco Mexico which was like super far and it was amazing and so tropical so lovely um I placed first in three divisions, two for sparring and one for kata. And it was a couple first. And then I got a bronze for creative bow. And I just remember it was just incredible, an incredible experience. And um, there was people, I had to learn a little bit of Spanish and there was people coming up to me and asking me to take pictures with their wives and stuff. It was, it was really funny because I had never experienced that before. And then people were coming up to me and saying, oh my gosh, like, my daughter wants to be like you. And I just remember feeling the warmth in my heart and being like, I am a role model to other people. And like thinking, this is also like a call to me to say, like, I have to be mature in like situations, even if I lose, even if I don't place at all, even if I miss my division or anything, like I have to be mature. And I just thought that was an incredible experience. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. And especially with all the discipline that you were taught with martial arts, I'm sure that comes Absolutely. into play to check your emotions and know that, yeah, every time you step outside and you perform and you showcase your talent to the world, some little girl is saying, if she can do it, I can do it too. 
yeah, that's, ooh, I like goosebumps when I think of that. When I think of like little girls watching me and being inspired, it just, that's what helps me strive to keep coming back and, and train harder and keep going. And just, it's incredible. It's an incredible feeling. And I mean, you're so young, you still have such a long sport career ahead of you. What are some of your goals for the future? So I have never won first uh, at Worlds for Kata. I won for point fighting, but my goal is to place in the top three for Kata because I've never done that before. And that's like one of my objectives. So I've been training really hard for that this year. And that's like my top goal and to as much as this is like a huge stretch because this is the biggest tournament in the world, but um, there's the Irish Open every year in, um, in Ireland. And that's like something that I would like to go to and, and place in top three. But usually there's rather than like 11, 12 girls, like kind of thing, like 12, maybe 13 girls in my division, there would be like 32. It would be insane and I feel like even if I could get in the top three would be incredible. So that's like my, in, in my range of goals. Well, I know you're definitely going to achieve that. You've been working so hard. You're already on your way. Uh, it's, it's going to happen. We're manifesting it right now. Yes, we're manifesting it. So if some little girl's been listening to this podcast and has been inspired to try martial arts, how should she get involved? So there is a lot of martial arts schools around in Ottawa, but the one that I uh, train at is Duras Martial Arts. There is uh, some across Ottawa. There's one on Bank Street. Um, there's one in Orleans. Like if you guys live around the areas, there's one in Barhaven, in Kempville. There's even one in Westboro, um, Ottawa East. Like it's crazy. There's There's places everywhere. There's Riverside South too. Like, um, there's also other karate schools and, and honestly, anything would work for you. It's, they all kind of teach the same stuff, but I just feel like mine taught me a little bit more and taught me more like leadership and stuff. Uh, but I'm sure that you can find it in another school. And we actually have Duber schools in, in Guatemala, in Antigua and Ecuador. Um, it's crazy. There's a lot of them, and it's pretty cool, too. It feels like a, a bigger family. But if someone wants to get involved, yeah. Um, I go to Duvers Martial Arts, um, but they can go anywhere, honestly. Yeah. Awesome. As long as they give it a try and give it... Yeah, as long as they give it a try. Because I feel like people are too quick to judge and think that it's all fake and think that it's not fun. But then when they get involved, they're like, oh my gosh, wait, this is fun. And then it's a whole different thing. Couldn't have said it better myself. Well, Maeve, thank you so much for joining us today on the You Go Girl podcast. I just know that some little girl has now been inspired to try martial arts. And we will be cheering you on as you achieve those goals because it is happening. Thank you so much. It felt so good to be on here. I was a little bit nervous, but I'm actually so glad that I reached out and I'm, I'm really glad that I could spread all this information. That's all the time we have for this week on the You Go Girl podcast. Be sure to tune in every Wednesday to hear from more amazing Canadian women in sport.